You're locked into Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast with your hosts, EZD, Derek Jaws, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaterski, Bold Claim, Ben Yelich, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Statman. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast is part of the BICBP radio network. Check us out online, www.bicbp-radio.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Hats, Tats, and Stats. I know I am not Ben. I am EZD. We are back taking the reins back from the college takeover spring break episodes here on HTS uh, episode 125. We're doing something special. I got the college crew here with me uh, in this room and we are doing it. I got bold claim Ben Yelich, the man who took over steering the ship for me for a while there. We got, uh, I believe it is micro Marrero. Uh, Nate Marrero. <laughs> yes. And, and then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the best nicknames in the podcast game. Teeth. Let's go. So, <laughs> Uh, what's going on, boys? How we doing? Great. All right. We're doing, we're doing well. Thank God you took over because it started to get real chaotic. Listen, chaos is where we live, man. We are not your oh, traditional, yeah. uh, not your traditional podcast. I like to call it a championship caliber pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York, because we talk pro uh, pro sports. Most of us kind of have a clue, uh, but we're different, right? We we don't do the same things. We're not trying to be, you know, the any of the big bills podcast because there's nine million of them right like we mm-hmm. be different we got to talk about a little bit of everything and quite frankly i don't care about sharing your opinions because that's why we're here right we, we are talking into the microphone so we can share our bullshit opinions whether they're bullshit or not so uh that being said uh this is one episode 125 usually we do something live uh i didn't have time to build out the obs screen and everything i wanted to didn't really have it in me so uh we're just doing an episode where i got the college guys in and uh, on top of thanking you guys for filling in for, you know, the, the crew of normal hosts, uh, who just didn't have the ability to be around in the last couple of months. Um, you guys are also starting your own thing too. You guys are doing, Heck yeah. Doing so, uh, let's talk about that. Go ahead, Ben. Well, I'll let you take it from there. Uh, so I think we, we kind of wanted to do this for a while now. Um, and then we had the opportunity to basically fill in for hashtags and stats, and it wasn't until that point that we just were like, okay, we have to do this now um, because we fell in love with doing the podcast. We just, we enjoyed doing it so much. So, you know, it was, it was time. It was time to say, fuck it. We ball. Yeah. And I think like we talked about it pretty much all year. And I think just the the opportunity to do hat stats and stats kind of gave us the confidence to be able to do it ourselves. Cause before we were kind of just like, we don't know how to do this or run a podcast and it really just opened it up and made it seem like it, it really wasn't that hard. And it, it really isn't, you know, and really all it is is just having, having guys that want to take the time to do it and aren't afraid to talk on a microphone, which is very, a very weird thing that a lot of people just aren't comfortable with. Um, but really, it, I mean, it's just shooting the shit with the boys and that's, one of the funnest parts about it, and you know, at least for me. Hell yeah! So Where did uh, Micro Marrero go? Uh, he's jumping back. In right now. <laughs> oh man! Bringing him back in out of the waiting room here. I think maybe I clicked admit. I don't know what happened. There we go. Uh, but yeah, so uh, the show's called Beers, Barbells, and Bros. Correct. Correct. That's All right. Correct. So. Why don't you guys t- kind of take us through what the show is going to be about, what you guys are going to do, and just kind of go. I'm sure that you know if you're listening to Hat Stats and Stats, you got a taste of what you know you guys are all about and kind of how the, you know your shows are going to flow. But just kind of break it down for us a little bit. Tell us what it's going to be about and what you guys are going to do. Nate, you want to take that? Yeah. So 
uh, from the first episode, uh, we're just kind of talking about uh, basically gym stuff, uh, what we like, um, you know, anywhere from music to, you know, basic things like gym etiquette. Um, and then we also like giving our own views, kind of like this podcast with uh, just with movies, you know, because everybody's a critic in their own way. But I feel like it's good to give, um, you know, more lighthearted views on movies because movies are there to enjoy them. Like if, if, if it's a really bad movie, then that, that's up for discussion. But we, we like to do that. Um, another thing we like to do, especially being around sports so much, is just do uh, drafts of weird things. So we've done it. Uh, with breakfast foods and and the next one will be pretty interesting i think uh some people will get a kick out of that and uh yeah we just like to have fun you know just see where it takes us and just have fun with the whole thing yeah and with the next episode i just i'm not going to say what the draft was about but i will say that ben might have had the worst draft of all time i, I tanked a, yeah my, I, don't was, was bad. I don't think you're supposed to tank drafts i think you're supposed to tank this no yeah it was it was it was a bad performance by me. He I could understand it. it, but hey, yeah. I won. I won week one. Came out week two, thinking I was hot shit in the draft, and just <laughs> absolute turd. That that sounds like my approach to fantasy football. So I appreciate it. <laughs> when when the first year in the league, been in it for fifteen years since, haven't even come close. But <laughs> no, so uh, it, it actually it kind of sounds like you guys got a little bit of uh, a little bit of the combo of what we do here on hats. A, you know, a little bit of common debauchery mixed in and. Uh, my now defunct movie podcast called the Producers kind of do the same thing with uh, with movies. There kind of sounds like it's all kind of kind of a jambalaya of podcasting, if you will. And I I like it. Um, I truthfully have not tuned into the first episode. I was more worried about getting it up and running for you guys and post it online. But now that it's up, I will be tuning in. Uh, and I think everybody who tunes into Hats should check that out as well. Um, and once you guys get a you know your fo- first full calendar month in, we'll uh, we'll take a look at the numbers and let you guys know where you're at and. Uh, my only advice be on social media, share the shit out of it. Cause that's the only way people can find you. Yeah. So. yeah. But uh, to dive into the sports side of things and do what we do here on hats, stats and stats. Uh, we are, I mean, there was kind of a big thing this past weekend. Uh, most people in the world of, I mean, unless you're n- just not a football fan, really the only thing that mattered uh, on top of playoff hockey. And I think playoff basketball, I don't do basketball, not my jam. Uh, the, the NFL draft, and this show centers a lot around football and then stems into other things from there. So we're going to dive into the draft a little bit. And because two of us on the show right now are Bills fans, well, that's where we're going to start because let's go show. Uh, so Buffalo Bills, Fox Sports gave him a B on the overall draft. I loved the Dalton Kincaid draft. Uh, the pick me too. That was awesome. It, I'm so, so like we uh this happened right out of practice, which was really interesting. So we got we got out of practice. Um, and we had the TV going on in the locker room and then the giants were picking and like a majority of our team was, were giants fans. And the other half was like bills fans. And then there's like a little miscellaneous. Um, so it was kind of perfect. The giants fans got to see their pick and then we traded up right after and the bills fans got to see theirs. Um, and there was one Miami fan and he was like, haha, what if you guys get Dalton Kincaid, like crapping on crapping on the pick and we ended up getting him and I liked the pick. Um, I mean, the, the dude was rated as like, I think the number nine prospect in the draft overall, uh, you know, with, with positions not really mattering, uh, obviously, you know, teams picking quarterbacks early, hard and heavy this year, two running backs going early, didn't mm-hmm. see that coming. Um, 
running back is not a, an early draft pick in the last two years. I don't even know if there's been. I think there's one between like 30 and 32 every year, but that's about <laughs> it. And generally speaking, the guys who t- take off are second round picks and down, even when they yeah. are first round picks. So I, I don't know. I didn't see that coming. But uh, I saw a lot of people bashing the pick, saying like, oh, if you were going to do that, why didn't you just yeah. get a receiver? And like the three teams right in front of us needed receivers. Teams ahead of that, like you're starting to talk about what we're going to sell for that draft pick to get one of those guys. And if there's one thing I've learned about our regime, we're not going to sell the farm for a dude unless we are the dude, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like we did with Diggs. So I'm I'm happy with it. We jumped Dallas and then told them on national TV, fuck you. We're coming. We, we took it. We took the dude. We knew you were going to take us. We wanted him more. Uh, I loved it. I loved everything about it. And uh, he turns into half of what they claim he can be. I'm in. Yeah. And and that's, that's the thing that you kind of brought up is a lot of people are bashing um, what the bills were doing. And honestly, I'm not mm-hmm. one who's quick to judge on any draft pick unless it's like unnecessarily like, whoa, what the hell did you just got? What the hell did you guys just do for like no reason? Um, and I think a lot of people were upset about the fact that we were paying Knox and we decided to draft another tight end. Um, and I think people didn't like when I use the word casual fans because all, and in my opinion, those people Trump hating Twitter account that like, yeah, honestly, honestly, I think it was just people who don't understand like the game of football and know it through Madden and know it through fantasy football and casual NFL watching. And at the end of the day, like he's going to fit into our offense perfectly. He's going to fill that Cole Beasley role. He's we can use RPOs. Now we can do more play action. We're opening a playbook to a coordinator who could damn well use an open playbook. My biggest take on this was, I mean, imagine a team that has pretty solid success running tempo coming out in your standard two tight end ACE formation, and then can run four straight plays in four different formations without a single substitution. And the defense is, it's going to just create mat, you know, matchup nightmares. You're going to have, slower run stuffing linebackers trying to cover i don't know dawson knox and kincaid like that's going to be tough you know where you're looking at those guys like oh chipping in more in the run you know in the blocking and shorter stuff to all of a sudden we're just split out wide and Allen's alone in the backfield and crap who's covering this dude oh and the fifth receiver is either cook or hines and and the, the later rounds too like i said right after that like i don't care how they do it and Rounds two and three, I want a linebacker and I want an offensive lineman. And I feel like we got the best guard in the draft in the second round. He slipped to us. I really like Osiris uh, Torrance. I I think he's going to be nasty. He didn't give up a sack. I think that was a sack. He didn't give up a sack his whole career or something like that. Full season to start or no sacks. That's that's great news. I love that. Well, and the other part of that is, too, you look at like there are points of need. Spencer Brown coming <laughs> off an injury last year wasn't himself and when we drafted him and we talked about on the show two years ago we sat here and we're like listen i like this kid he's got looks like he's got a good motor looks like he's and he wasn't supposed to start like he wasn't supposed to he's like oh yeah this guy is two to three years away guess what we're in year three and he's got two years of experience yeah i'm not ready to like to get rid of the dude yet <clears throat> i could do with a little bit less lean and grab on the other side with mr dawkins but mm. we know what we got in him and he's got a rapport with josh and Josh can kind of 
you know, feel that a little bit, but that's here nor there. I love this pick. The dude is, they claim he's smart and they claim he's a workhorse. So I'm all for it. Um, everyone else from the, from there on down in the draft, like I know we took yeah. a linebacker. A lot of people don't like that. And they didn't, it's not that they didn't like the pick. They liked the press. Con- they didn't like the press conference after the fact where Bean basically said, he's going to be an outside guy. He's going to be Milano's backup. Yeah. So and having a backup and, at, when we have a position of need next to him. That That's the other thing is I, I don't, understand just the necessary hate for all these like draft picks because at the end of the day who knows do you can you look in the crystal ball and see if these guys are going to be studs what if one of our our seventh round pick corner ends up being a stud like who knows that's the end of the thing and that's why I, i think people hate on the people who hate on the draft picks too much is like dude it's not that serious like at the end of the day going with an open mind for your team, hope that the draft works out. And if it doesn't work out, well, crap, that's the draft. It happens. Yeah. And if the draft doesn't work out, find people who can scout better. I mean, and I, yep. and this is, this will be the last thing before we move on here. Um, you know, just looking at the, like I saw a tweet today, like outside of Josh Allen, you know, <laughs> Bean has absolutely sucked drafting, drafting. And I'm like, has he though? Uh, like aside from he always goes best available well aside from teller who we traded which yeah hindsight being 2020 um and like a few guys in like the sixth and seventh round oh like hodgins who we traded or as so i got signed off waivers or off the, off our practice well like yeah most of the dudes we drafted since he's been here are still on or around the team and the ones who aren't are like your five six seven guys but we also yep. have guys in the you know third fourth fifth and sixth round that are everyday guys for us too so how bad is he really come on knock it off no i agree with that i agree with that 100 percent. and Our, uh, it's, it's trust the process and then people immediately just don't trust the process so it, i bill's twitter lately has felt very drought like the days of the bill's drought and it's it's annoying me but i regress and we can move on <laughs> Uh, you would digress, not regress. Yeah. Digress, one of those. You know, we're we're, not, we're not looking for a, a regression here. No, <laughs> Ben's diction choices are amazing at times. It's it's one of my favorite parts about having him on the show. Is just the stuff that comes out is like. <laughs> sometimes you need a translator. It's close. It's there. It's just not. It's just not fully English. You know. You got the right idea. <laughs> yeah. It's like ninety percent English. Yeah, close. Close only counts on uh, horseshoes and uh, hand grenades. Horseshoes, hand grenades, and on prom night, boys. all right so just because they're the next on the list alphabetically and what i'm looking for we're going to go to mr marrero's uh favorite team here with the broncos graded as a c minus by fox sports uh obviously not having a first round pick didn't help but they gave that up for sean payton who you're selling the farm for a guy you think can lead you to the promised land uh which is really i mean that's you got to have a guy at the top, right? We've all seen what we you know what bad head coaches can do. Cough, Adam Gase, cough, um, Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like anybody else you want to talk about in that realm. So, uh, first round pick was Sean Payton. Interesting yeah. for a coach who retired, but okay. <laughs> I'll allow it. Uh, yeah, I think I told Ben, I think in one of the first podcast episodes we did, uh, Denver's a team of what ifs basically right now. Uh, we thought that Russell Wilson was going to fix our problem saying that we're a QB away from winning a Super Bowl or making the playoffs. Obviously it didn't work out that way. Right. And then people wanted to blame the coaching. 
which I could understand the coaching, but if you're paying someone what we paid for Russell Wilson and looking at what uh, Seattle got out of all of our trades, I wouldn't make it. But again, hindsight, hindsight's 2020. But yeah, I really hope that he can start something. I thought Nathaniel Hackett would be that guy, but didn't turn out that way. I like Sean Payton. Uh, I think he brings a pretty good atmosphere to the Broncos. Like he, one of the first things he said is that uh, Russell Wilson's personal QB coach or whatever isn't allowed in the training facility, which is if that was being allowed in the first place, like I feel like that's already going to bring cultural issues. So I, I like that he's an older coach. I like the style that he brings. And obviously he did pretty well with the Saints. So I think that he could do pretty well with uh, Russell Wilson. But, I mean, we'll see how it is. I I feel like, what was the grade? Was it a C plus? Uh, C minus. Uh, yeah. I'd probably go C plus. But I feel like looking at some of these, uh, I know it's only a little bit higher, Clayton. But, like, looking at looking at some of these picks and looking at some of these guys that we got, I feel like we got some pretty good talent that dropped really low in the draft just because they got hurt either before the combine or at the combine. I think, uh, yeah, Alex Forsyth, he's been like a three-year starter with Oregon, which, I don't know, I, I feel like that's pretty good already right there, um, you know, showing consistency and showing that he can play at an elite level. And then uh, JL Skinner from Boise State, we obviously need the safety help. We have Justin Simmons and we have uh, Pat Sertan, but that's only feeding – like half the field at times. So, you know, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So I feel like all of the help that we got in our defensive backs is just really going to help us. So I know I only graded it up a little bit higher, but I'd really like to see what these guys can do. No, I agree with you. I mean, we're talking about a team who two years ago under Vic Fangio was scary if they had a quarterback. And that was the thing that we've talked about. On the they show a few still times. got the best defense in the league. Yeah, it's. I love Vance Joseph coming back too. That's 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 the crazy part. We have the best three defenses in the league, probably. I mean, I think the Eagles are also up there as well. Yeah, but yeah. Jets, Jets, Broncos, and Bills. Yeah, like at least three of the top five. No matter yeah. how you not, no matter how you cut it. But I mean, you took a team that was legitimately a quarterback away, got the quarterback, but fired the coach that had them there, and yeah. brought in Hackett, and now like okay. Now you bring in Sean Payton. You're hoping that kind of regalvanizes everything and brings everything back. You know, and it's, I hope so. And I mean, that's, that feels like, um, kind of a, a late addition to the arms race that is that division every year. Yeah. I don't know how much of an immediate impact is going to make, like, in my opinion. I feel like it's still going to take a little bit of time for some like adjustments between the coach and the quarterback and like a new system. But I, I feel like that's with every, every new coach. I'm not. Well, gonna I think lie. that's what yeah, I told uh, Ben like yeah, two years ago. Sorry, I or I think that's what I told Ben like a week ago. Is that in two years I think we're going to make the playoffs. I think that we're still going to need a growing year with Sean Payton as a new head coach. But what well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. Like, and, and really, that's what it is. You know, you're going to find out exactly. We're going to find out a lot about Russell Wilson this year. You know, when he was in Seattle and he was doing his thing and he was supported by a run game and a stiff defense. You know, people started talking about him being pushing that top five category. And then, you know, he kind of fell off last year, didn't look good at all. And then he, you know, the, the shit show in the press conferences and everything. And, you know, the, the sarcastic, 
Broncos country, let's ride as he walks off after the worst press conferences ever. I'd rather have the dude talking about Skittles and saying he's just there so he doesn't get fined. It would be better than than whatever the hell he was putting out. You know, Sean Payton coming in, putting his foot down. We're going to find out, does Russell Wilson want to play football or is Russell Wilson just happy getting paid? Because I don't think Payton's a, a dude that's going to BS. And a guy who worked with a surefire Hall of Famer and Drew Brees for his entire career saw the the value in that dude when other people didn't. I'm probably shutting my mouth listening to the guy personally. Yeah. Can't speak for Russell Wilson, but we're going to find out. And that team does have the potential to be really, really scary, even this year, if they buy in. But I think you're right. I do think there's a little bit of a learning curve. And with how stacked the AFC is and that division, it's. Yeah, that division's really Russ, tough. Did they give Russ his own office last year? Again, I think it's just the young coach. I think Nathaniel Hackett was trying to cater too much to Russell Wilson, thinking that he was, you know, as good as he used to be in Seattle. But also, I think it just shows that Pete Carroll's a really good head coach with Russell Wilson coming in with Nathaniel Hackett. Because if like Russell Wilson was as good as he was, he should be able to do exactly what he did in Seattle with a younger head coach because he should be able to command the offense the way that he did. You know, and I think it just kind of showed that he has fallen off a little bit. So I don't know. It's I, I still can't believe that with Nathaniel Hackett and giving him a, like his own office and all that shit. It's just a it, it's egregious at that point. I do not envy coaches who have to deal with professional athletes who are grown ass men who are making millions and millions of dollars as I mean, I've coached for, for 16 years. I've dealt with some high school kids that are prima donnas in, in the past, you know, I couldn't imagine a grown ass man walking around like his shit doesn't stink and you being a coach and having to be like, I'm going to have to like tiptoe around this dude because if the guy at the top thinks his opinion matters more than mine, I'm out of a job. And there's only 32 NFL head coaches. So do I want to lose this job or do I want to keep that dude happy so I can at least have the job for three years, hopefully? And this dude didn't do either. So apparently he picked the wrong road. <laughs> he he found he found a new position as the OC in uh New York, though. Yeah, that doesn't suck. Well, <laughs> now that Aaron Rodgers is just gonna go in there and make it. Aaron Rodgers is the OC. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> <laughs> he Nathaniel Hackett is the new Adam Gates. Yeah, he very I, uh, ouch. Offensive genius. <laughs> Offensive genius. That's what he looked like in Green Ran- Bay. That's why ranked, I was so happy. Ranked among the lowest offenses he's ever like. It's the same thing with Gase. Had terrible offenses, but was claimed to be a genius. Yeah. Okay. And it's all it all comes from like claims of like Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So they trusted him. Well, it's, yeah. it's the same thing it, with Peyton. And Gase, yeah. Peyton Manning it's, said, oh, this guy's the guy. It's almost like it was kind of like Rex as well. Like Rex was claimed to be a, a a defensive mastermind, but his defenses were. Eh. Well, his defenses were fine when he was the guy calling the shots. But then, I mean, he came to Buffalo when we had the number seventh ranked defense and changed everything they did. Like changed the whole scheme, moved yeah. everybody around, expected people to play out of like positions they didn't play. And we sucked. And then we got rid of him and we got way better immediately. It was weird, but you know, sometimes you're not meant to be a head guy, but uh, we are going to move on here to uh, Mr. T E E T S and the J E T S. We're going to talk, we're going to head to the big apple. Talk about, I mean, obviously the big one is we heard about the, we heard rumors of it. We heard rumblings of it. It was unofficial for so long that when it was announced that it was made official, people were like, I thought that happened four months ago. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers trade. 
heading over to New York, heading over to the Big Apple, and then uh, Fox Sports rates the Jets draft as a C. Frankly, I don't think this year's draft matters because they crushed last year's so goddamn well. Oh, yeah. And the addition of Rodgers makes that team pretty scary. Yeah, I I mean, I was going into this and I, I wasn't expecting anything like last year. Like, that's a once in a like lifetime draft. It was insane that they hit every pick. I mean, they had both the rookies of the year and then another guy that was going to win rookie of the year if he didn't get hurt. So, but I mean, as a Jets fan my whole life, I've kind of tried to lower my expectations so I don't set myself up for disappointment every year. But now for the first time, I, I can't help but like, be excited so i'm just really hoping they don't let me down this year and as far as the draft goes i would have like will mcdonald isn't exactly who i wanted in the first round but i understand the pick because given the offensive line that were like offensive linemen that were available at the time there was no one really valuable enough for us at that that pick because we need like a tackle and the best offensive lineman at that time was a guard. So I would have rather like a tight end, like Michael Mayer or, or a uh, shoemaker on Kincaid. But um, I'll take that. And then the rest of the draft, I thought they did pretty good. They added some lined up for really fragile O line. And then another linebacker. Cause we still don't know if Quinnen's coming back. So we're trying to fill some, some spots at linebacker to make up for it. I think I think your biggest need and like the question for how good the Jets will actually be is how well you can protect Aaron Rodgers in the pocket. Yeah. Because he he is still older and if if he gets knocked up like one time during the season, knocked up. Yeah. Who's knocking Aaron okay. Rodgers up? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, if 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 Matt Milano's taking his head off like he's Mike White, you know, we're going to yeah, you're gonna have to see Zach Wilson again, and that's Perfect. that's the last thing you guys want to see. That was such yeah. a beautiful hit. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, he got up though. He just kept going. He um, should have stayed down. Yeah, but like our O lines like pretty good when they're healthy. I mean, Makai Becton, Lakin Tomlinson, <laughs> Connor McGovern, Elijah Vera Tucker, and Max Mitchell are supposed to be our our starting five, but. I think like three out of five of them are still questionable from injuries from last year. So we'll have to see how how OTAs and training camp and everything goes, see if they can go. But if if they're healthy, I'm I'm super excited for this season. We're bringing back a, a great defense and possibly a an elite offense. So and the, the other thing that Jaws kind of uh, pointed out earlier, too, is you need that guy at the top. And I, Robert Sala is that guy. Yeah, he brings some energy. Like, I I don't even care about if he know if he's great at schemes or or play calling or anything. I just like that he's he gets everyone going and everyone wants to play for him. And that that showed this year. We Like in the past, the Jets have just had a bunch of guys who just seem like they're there to be there. And now they're actually there competing. You know, the the most interesting thing for me with the Jets is exactly that. I I want Salah to be good, but I don't because he's in my division. And I mean the fact that he's like the fact that you got Zach Wilson basically being like, I'm gonna make Rogers life hell. Yeah. 
dudes want to play for this guy. They want to, yeah. they want to go out. They want to compete. You know, they, and that's that's something to be said. I mean, there there's guys all over the place that are, would come out and be like, "Great, a Hall of Famer is in front of me now." The right. Heck? No, I, I like that. Like, I've never, I, I didn't like Zach Wilson out of college, and I still don't like him. I think he has some, some entitlement issues as a player. But I like, like, even though that that's turned into a huge meme with him saying that about Rodgers, I like that it shows that he actually wants to get better. And if he can improve sitting behind Rodgers for hopefully like two or three years, however Roger, long Rodgers wants to stay, then that, that'd be awesome. If you can take this time to learn and not be a, a little like just want to leave immediately, yeah, right. Then, then so be it. I'm also intrigued to see how Rodgers operates with this group of young, with like a crop of young receivers who proved last year that they can do things, they can play. Yeah. So it's not like he's going to sit there and say, "Oh, you know, you didn't get me weapons; these guys suck." You know, it, like they right. showed they can play. Like that offense yeah. can operate. Now you add him in, they should operate at a very high level. So I know. I'm, I'm intrigued to see how that goes. I'm also intrigued to see, and this was one of the funniest things, and I think I actually tweeted it out from our uh, from the Hat Stats and Stats Twitter account, was I wanted the Packers to draft a receiver for the like the very first time in the first round since Rodgers left. Yeah. And I'm like, this is gonna be awesome if the Jets pick a defensive player with the first round pick instead of bolstering that offense for your brand new quarterback. And they did. And it was fantastic. And I'm like, Rogers just retired. He just said, fucking I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> my man's going, my man's going to rock some peyote and lock himself in a <laughs> chamber for a month and come out and be like, I don't want to be a jet anymore. Yeah. I mean, there's not like much more we could add for his receivers. I mean, yeah, you got Alan Lazard out too in the off season. Yeah, like, yeah, we got Lazard, Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, McCole Hardman, Mims still from a couple years ago. And then, our, I don't, I mean, our tight ends should be good, but they just seem to not be able to catch the ball last year. So You're telling me, dude, Conklin lost me a championship. <sighs> yeah, he didn't want to catch the ball. I don't know no. what his deal was. But, I mean, I I don't know. Like, I kind of wish we we kept Elijah Moore though and got rid of one of those other guys because, like, there's I saw the statistic at some point in the season when he was playing and he was complaining that he wasn't getting the ball. He had like the highest separation rate in the league by a pretty good margin. And then I watched his film of all his routes and he was wide open consistently. And Zach either missed him or wouldn't even look at him. So. He's going to be, I feel like he'll have a, a decent season this year without us. The interesting thing is with your guys' division is that you guys are what the AFC was thought to be last year. And both of these divisions are insanely good with the Dolphins getting better, with you guys getting better. It, I know, but it, it's still really interesting and I'm excited for the season. The best part about all of it is that one team is being left behind in the dust at the moment. And that's the Patriots. It's amazing. Thank yeah, but I love God. the Christian Gonzalez. He's a really good corner, but yeah. that's me. Was he the one that looked like he was pissed off that he got drafted by the Patriots? 
There was a I thought picture. that was uh, the D. I think it was like an edge rusher. Uh, I, I just know drafted. that there that there was somebody because like that was that was something that popped out about Kincaid. People were trying to spin like his conversation with Bean about you know getting drafted by the Bills is like oh look how like unenthusiastic he is. He's he's pissed about being a Bill, and then they like they showed the video of him in his house, and he like put the phone down, hung it up, and he went, "It's the Bills," and the whole family went nuts, and he was and he was excited. This dude looked like somebody shot his dog. <laughs> yeah, I saw that video too. I mean, who, why would you want to play for the Patriots right now? I Hall like, of Fame head coach, bro. Honestly, like, I would honestly want to play in the NFL no matter what. Like, but at the end of the day, if if you got the caliber and the talent to be on any roster that you can be on, I I want to choose the Patriots because the Patriot way is old, and it's not winning them games and. It's really, really easy to be a prick of a coach who hammers your way or the highway when you have the best quarterback that's ever played the game. When you're winning games, yeah. You're winning championships. Yeah. And you know, and he did that for long enough that he can he can literally just be like, I'm gonna do it till you tell me to leave, and then I'm done. Like, but looking through the uh, the draft grades here for the rest of the league, uh, weirdly. The Bears, the Colts, and the Texans were three of the four highest-rated uh, draft teams, all having A minuses, addressing needs uh, of concern across the board. The Bears looking to bolster their offensive line a little bit to see if Justin Fields actually is the guy. Uh, the Colts trying to find their next guy who's actually under fifty years old for the first time in five years, uh, and the Texans. They've been playing okay for what they've been the last two years, trying to rebuild after it was the Bill O'Brien debacle where he sold every yeah. year and draft pick somehow for a bag of uniforms and deflated footballs or some shit. I don't know. But uh, yeah, the uh, all three garnered the A- minus pick. Uh, pretty exciting. And this, this is why the draft exists, right? To get these bottom feeder teams more toward the middle of the league and just increase competition. And then there's Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. oh my God! It's like I talk about a it's good like draft. The, yeah, the entire team or the entire league just got out of the way and said, "Do whatever you want." Yeah, <laughs> like, hey, you want the entire national championship defense? Have it. Go for it. All yours. <laughs> and then they just get swift for nothing. Like yeah, out of yeah, nowhere, that also, ridiculous. And, and honestly. It, they they made it even funnier because Swift is from Georgia, and I just it it just gets funnier. Just keep on giving me Georgia guys. Yeah, <laughs> there's two teams in the league right now with nine and ten Georgia former Georgia Bulldogs on their roster, and it's really really like funny and awesome. Because when did Georgia I love get good it. At college football like that good at college football? Normally you talk about like it, Alabama last year. Like I saw I saw a really interesting stat about the draft. This is the first ever. Um, Alabama player chosen first overall. Really? So this is the first time an Alabama player went first overall, which is crazy because Bama has been as good as they are. And this is kind of the debate that I've had uh, with the boys as well, but I don't really believe in Ohio state quarterbacks and I don't really believe in Alabama quarterbacks. I think they're, they're gifted the world when they get into college, they got receivers that um, are getting massive separation. They're getting all the time in the world uh, with an offensive line. 
Uh, I just don't trust Alabama quarterbacks or Ohio State quarterbacks. Same with uh, Clemson was okay. And, like, I think Trevor Lawrence did, like, a decent job when he went to Jacksonville, but. Yeah, and it's not to say that, like, they can't be good in the NFL, but I just feel like they're they just it's too much of a risk to use a first overall pick on one of these guys when you don't know how they'll perform with a better competition. Like it's almost they, like a harder, it's almost like a harder learning curve for some reason. Like you get guys who are going against worse competition, but when you don't have the time in the pocket and you need to force your receivers to get open, it forces you to be a better quarterback and more pro ready. And I think that's where Alabama quarterbacks, Ohio state quarterbacks have not yeah. succeeded in the past. And as we know, CJ Stroud doesn't do well with learning at all. So. Yeah. And it that was, was that was the other thing. I, I, I don't, that's, that's the thing. If you do bad on a wonderlick test as a quarterback, I, I don't trust that because it's a timed, it's, it's a time it's, test to see if you can think under pressure, it's a decision-making test. It, 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 uh, it tests your ability to make decisions in a stressed environment. So like, that's literally a quarterback's job is to decide where to throw the ball with 300 plus pound men running at you. So if you can't make the decision on a piece of paper, like that's, that's going to be interesting. And that doesn't vote for a while. I mean, isn't CJ Stroud like 37 years old? He, no, that, I don't know. I, that's Stetson Bennett. It's Stetson oh, right, Bennett. Right. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. There's like five quarterbacks in this draft that are 25 or higher coming up. Yeah. Like, Max Dungan is old as hell too, right? Yeah, he's not very young. Yeah, how old is Will Levis? Is he young or is he older? I think he I, uh, he might be the other one because uh, there there were three that were 25, I think it is, and it just like just that weird that weird age that you're like. That's kind of old for a, a rookie. Like you get, they think about that. You get to the end of your uh, five-year deal and they pick up your fifth-year option and you're already 30. Yeah. That's, that's kind of crazy. Well, welcome to the COVID years of eligibility. I mean, that's, yeah. You know, there, there, there's guys right now that I, I look at like um, a young man that I coached who went to a D1 school and then is at a JUCO right now. And they're like, oh, you know, true sophomore, and I'm like, he graduated like four years ago. How's he a true sophomore? Like, it's just weird. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a buddy that did that. He went and played for a Division three school, but the way his eligibility worked out, he ended up going to a JUCO, COVID, and now he's playing Division one baseball. So it, it it's so weird. I just I don't know how all of that works. It's insane. Yeah, and so you know, you're getting these guys that are two years older than they normally would be coming out of college. Had they been there for their full four years or even five for some of them, and then you got guys like Tremaine Edmonds who was 19 when he was drafted somehow, which is just weird too. So yeah, I don't know. I don't he's going to be 24. He's going to be 24 going into his sixth season. Yeah, I think right? the, that's I think that's the, the math. That's that aggressive. The, I think that may be the best thing the Bears did. This offseason yeah. pick him up because I'm still sad about I'm, it. Especially, especially losing that um what's his name to the Ravens? Uh they had a already a good linebacker. Yeah. So all right. Um 
Yeah, and Ben, on your point of you know Ohio State quarterbacks and Alabama quarterbacks, my biggest thing with them is they spend their entire career throwing to guys with no one around them for twenty yards. Like, yeah. yep, you're not, you're not with all the time in the world. Yeah, you're not making contested throws. You're not making throws with all world athletes coming down on you because you're all the all the all world athletes are on your team. Yeah. Usually, those guys don't do well in one game a year where the team's a little bit better than most other teams that they played that year. So I agree with you. I don't really trust them either. I want. I want guys that had to earn it. You know, it's like I, I want receivers. I'm, small. Schools. I also think, I also think that Ohio State might have a little bit more of an advantage because I, Alabama doesn't play any real contenders. Like you can say they're in the SEC all you want, but until the rule rule changes this year, that actually makes them and forces them to play more SEC games. They don't really play anybody crazy. They play mostly low-tier FBS schools, and then they just rack up wins just so they can go to the playoffs with an undefeated record. I mean, they, well, I think they still do have to win the SEC championship to get there. They which do. They haven't yeah. been doing right, right. But I think with NIL deals spreading everything out, like you get Tennessee beating Alabama this year, you get Georgia winning the national championship instead of Alabama. So I think. I mean, it's crazy that people can make millions of dollars before even touching a field, but still it's, it's changing college football for the better because you're spreading it around so much. And like Ben loves watching college football when there's just chaos happening everywhere. And yes. I like, I think before NIL, uh, that's why Alabama was so good is because you have future NFL starters just playing against each other in practice so long, like every day. So, and that's why they're so good. So I, I mean, I think I the NIL is really interesting. I can't believe it took so long to happen. I mean, the fact that these colleges and NCAA were making millions of millions of dollars off the name, name, image, and likeness. And like, yeah, you know, like you could go sign autographs, but you, you personally couldn't make money for it. But the, the college charged for people to meet you like just insane, insane stuff. And now these guys are making like making money they're able to pay for stuff on their own you don't have to worry about people bribing them with free stuff that they shouldn't be getting like it, it it's a really cool thing to level the playing field and actually that's going to stem me into the uh the next topic randomly that i you know put that popped into my head there is a uh, an interesting story in college football right now where there's kind of a little bit of a mass exodus from colorado uh recently yeah. coach prime signing let's hear uh let's hear uh. thoughts about that yeah, that's kind of crazy. What was it like? Sixteen guys all entered the transfer portal at once after the spring 50. game. I saw fifty. Oh, wow. I saw wow. fifty. Well, it might have been a total of fifty, but it might have been. Yeah, time. it might have been fifty since he signed. Yeah. Well, I knew a bunch of them were entering like the day he signed, but then there was one dude who entered the transfer portal after their spring game because Coach Prime wouldn't let him wear the number he wanted. Which I guess it's he's just kind of doing a complete overhaul and the culture of a program that has kind of just sucked for years now. So uh, it, it's crazy to see, but it'll it'll be good for him, I think, in the long run. I like it. I don't like I like the idea of listening to him talk to the players. Like people might want to crucify him for what he said when he came in, and he's like, "I got luggage, and I'm it's you know it's like Louis Vuitton luggage that I'm bringing with me." So he's just telling people you're going to have to fight for your spot. You know, you got to division one, but you know, people get complacent as soon as you get, like you start reaching these levels and accomplishing goals. But you know, he's been, 
he's made a hall of fame career for himself and he knows what it takes. And he just want it. Like he wants the best people on the field at all times. So if you're not the guy and that's what number one signifies on a team that you are the guy. And he said that, and if you're not the guy, at least in his eyes or culturally, whatever the team needs, you're not going to get that number. And if you want to leave, then you're, you're just proving his point that you're not that guy. If you want to go to a different school, just so you can wear a number one. So. Ben. I haven't seen too much on this. I kind of saw the headline and I haven't really looked into it that much. Um, but I, I like what he's doing. Like, I, I think as, as Clayton and Nate were saying, like it, it's a culture change and, you know, they might not have the greatest record next year because of it. And it's going to take some time. Um, but he did change the way Jacksonville turned into a contender. And then after that whole thing exploded the, and he the got school, the hell out of there. The school you're looking for is Jackson state. Jackson. Yeah. English. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. No, and, and that whole the whole thing over there was interesting. Like, because he he basically came in and said, "This is what I'm going to do. I want to make Jackson State, you know, a legitimate contender for a national title. You know, I want to be, I want to put an HBCU on the map." And they, I mean, he he signed over more than half of his of the salary they did pay him to build the locker rooms, to build, upgrade the stadium, to upgrade the weight rooms. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, he there was a point where the team they were supposed to play that week couldn't practice because they didn't have a trainer on site. So he paid for a trainer to be there for that team because he's like, I don't want to beat you because your school's letting you down. Like, I want to beat you because you were able to practice and be prepared to be ready and we're just better. And he was owed millions of dollars in bonuses for what he did there that the school just never gave him. Yeah. And he basically left saying, like, listen, I did what I said I was going to do. <clears throat> I brought this. You didn't. To yeah, you didn't hold up your end of the bargain. Not only did you not hold up your end of the bargain, but like the alumni and the boosters didn't hold up their end either. And then he got the job at Colorado, walked in the door, and said, "This program's a joke. It's you were one in eleven last year, and we're going to change it, and we're going to change it today." Since then, he's been. There's been sound bites of him, you know, earning your number, like, uh, like Nate was talking about. Like, I'm like, you're not getting numbers for your helmets. You're not getting a number on your jersey until we say you've earned it. If you don't want to earn your number, leave. If you don't want to work, it, for, like leave. Just go. We do. We do something a little similar at Alfred. It's. I mean, you're still assigned a number, but um, you're not allowed to change your number at all unless you meet like certain criteria. Like you need a three You need to have uh, experience playing varsity college football. Um, the number needs to be available, obviously, but like there is certain rules to like any i think any college program if you want that number you're gonna have to work for it you know i think people are trying to blow this out of proportion a little bit because the like there were two big names of the guys who went to leave uh and one was a a big receiver who had a huge day in in their spring game yeah that's what i was talking about yeah that's the guy with the number thing yeah and just like okay so like you you just went off like went off in a spring game and now you're going to like, you're using that to leverage yourself to transfer. And for all, you know, you may not even be on the field at the next school you go to. Yeah. No. And that's, that, that's going to hurt 
draft stock in the future if he's actually that guy. Like, yeah. if he has the talent enough, NFL rosters and NFL GMs are going to be like, didn't you quit on your team because you didn't get the number you wanted? Like, that's not a guy I want on my team. Yeah, that's yeah, going to be a dude that goes to the Cardinals. <laughs> Why right. mediocrity? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing, too, with all these coaches having connections in the NFL. Like, you, you think that Deion Sanders doesn't know just about every head coach or every GM in the league. They're yeah. going it, to, it, it's the same thing with getting, you know, picked up by a college. Like, they're going to talk to your head coaches. They're going to, like, want to understand your character. Like, I would, I'll bring it back to draft day. Like, he called around about Bo Callahan because he knew that something was going on. Like, that's going to happen. But I'm sorry, I cut you off, Clayton. Um, yeah, I was just like saying the same thing. Like it just shows he wasn't willing to work for it. Like he said that this is the standard. You need to meet that if you want, if you want to reap the benefits. And he decided that it wasn't worth the the time and effort. So, I mean, he probably won't even end up getting picked up by a great like college program. And that's, that's one of the biggest things. I mean, I, I know darn well that. Are like the Bills coach, if this dude's even legitimately worth a sniff of, of a draft pick, he probably just got himself crossed off the Bills. Because I know yeah. McDermott's gonna look at me like, oh, he got mad that the his college coach wanted him to work for something. Not my kind of guy. No. Yeah, and I, I I I haven't seen Dion do anything that he didn't excel at. So I'm actually excited to see what this means for the future of Colorado football and what that what it turns into. Because every like that dude talks, I want to run through a wall. I want to put pads on and go play football for the dude. Like just everything oh, yeah. he says, I'm like, let's go. Which is just I I think there needs to be more of that. You know, I, I think I agree. Saban's kind of a Saban's going the way of Belichick to, to me, you know, and some of these guys like I, I hate like the weird. I never know, I never saw Saban as I never saw Saban as that great of a coach to begin with, in my opinion. I thought he was more of a recruiter. I mean, the talent that Alabama gets in year in, year out, I think, is a testament to his recruiting. And then he just relies on his uh, coordinators to really, really make that offense and defense work. But that's like the best part about a good head coach too, at times, like you don't building the staff around you and being a good facilitator can make you a great head coach and being able to give up that control. Like some guys, some head coaches are OC or DC minded and that's what ends up fucking them in the, in the end. So, I mean, I think, I think you can argue that he's still a good coach, but he's a good coach in the way of being a facilitator rather than like, other ways yeah he's not your big x's and o's guys but he you know he he brings the athletes in and he instills the culture and finds coaches that make both sides of the football work for him but like just the way he talks and carries himself you know and, and, and talking saban in, in this this realm like the way he carries himself has been belichick like i like and i'm not a big fan of this young coach infusion that we've been having in the nfl and in college where they kind of rock around like and not to shit on the dolphins but fuck the dolphins uh, McDaniel, I can't stand the dude. Every time he talks, I want to slap him. I, I'm just like, shut up. I would not have been able to play for the dude. Just that like walk around, like sarcastic swagger. Like that's not something like that's something you can do if that, if that, and if that's who you are, that's fine. I, I'm a sarcastic guy. I, I'm sure that some people hear me say this, be like, but, but that's you. I'm not like that 
outwardly to other people. Like that's an in-house thing. You know, it's like, I don't care about his, like, is it cold enough? Or I, I wish it were colder t-shirt. I really don't care about that. Just the way he perpetuates himself in the media and talks to people. Like, I hate that stuff. I love what prime does. I love what prime that comes out and says, this is the way it is. This is the way it's going to be. And that's that. And if you don't like it, there's the door. Bye. Cause he's going to find yeah. his dudes. And that's what he's done since he started co- coaching college football. Along the same vein, like in a different light, like Dan Campbell does that. And so does Robert Sala. They're just mm-hmm. people that the way that they carry themselves, like th- they have bought into their own culture so much that they believe in it. Like Dan Campbell getting emotional. Oh, it's just amazing to see someone do that. And that's what makes you want to play for them. Whereas right. like if I saw McDaniels, I'd be like, okay, I'd rather just be friends with you rather than like be coached by you. Like it, it's a different sort of respect. Whereas like I could respect Dan, Dan Campbell as a head coach, whereas like if I looked at McDaniels, it'd be like, okay, I, you're, you're just a drinking buddy at this point. Right. And like, and perfect example that you look at the guy that Dan Campbell took over for with Matt Patricia went to, went to Detroit, tried to drop the, you know, the Patriot way and having the lion's way. The thing about the Patriots way is again, it was really, really easy when you had the best that ever did it under center, but Belichick didn't care who you were. The amount of all pro players, he just let walk away or flat out cut. Cause he didn't like them for something they did. Unbelievable. The amount of do- Ty law lawyer Malloy. Um, I mean, the, the list is forever. Like Jeremy, Jeremy chin, Jeremy, chin, uh, Randy Moss after a record breaking season, just like, yeah, bye. Yeah. You're done. Go away. I'm tired of your shit. Like, and he eventually got there with Brady. I'm, I listen, this is not what we're doing. We're not going to have your voodoo vegan doctor in house all the time. Get out of here type thing. Like Dan or not Dan Cannibal, uh, Matt Patricia went over there and tried to do that in Detroit. But the second he got pushed back from the players, he changed and tried to be their buddy and he lost the locker room. Yep. You got to be willing to sell out to that. You know, like, like Dan Campbell sells out, like Salah sells out and just is who he is. And that is, he buys into what he's telling you. Patricia, like, same oh, thing this work for the Patriots. It's going to work for me until it didn't. And you same, same way with McDermott as well. Yep. I think a lot of the, the really successful coaches have that, that style. I think Andy Reid is also one of those guys that he's just so well-respected by his, his players. And, and that's that's the biggest thing. And it's kind of what you said before is that, I mean, these are grown men making millions of dollars that can make their own decisions and you have to work with them. And the first step is gaining all those guys respect. And you also and, have to be willing to let them walk away. Yeah, like you can't you can't compromise as a coach. You can't compromise who you are to keep a, to keep a player. Because the second you do that, you may you may keep that player, but you lost a lot of respect from other guys. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's the name of the game. And at every level of coaching is, do, does your team respect you? Because if they respect you, they'll listen to you. If they don't, they won't. And I mean, um, we we've all been athletes in this room, right? We've all had that yep. coach we didn't really respect. He could tell us the best piece of advice we ever heard, and we'd be like, okay, bud, sure, yeah. <laughs> at the same time, a dude like. You a, a guy could give could give you bad advice, but because you respect him, we're gonna do it. Uh NHL playoffs are going on. The Leafs finally won a first round series. It was about to happen, I guess. Uh, I know, but the memes it, it, they're dead. 
listen, as long as they don't win the cup, we can still post golf Leafs golf, right? Yeah. <laughs> like they, they, we, we get actually Ben make a, uh, hat stats and stats post for a banner for the Leafs say like first round playoff win. Yeah. Th- and the worst part about it now is who's the team that hasn't had a pl- uh, playoff series win in the longest time. Now the Sabres. Thanks Leafs. That was supposed to be your joke. All right. <laughs> But honestly, I I started getting all these guys into playoff hockey finally. Playoff like, hockey. and all all I do is turn it on, and then all of a sudden they start like doing their homework and watching playoff hockey. It's one of the best. It's it's up there with March Madness, in my opinion, as as one of the best like sports spectacles. I love, I love football. I love playoff football. I enjoy hockey. I love baseball. I couldn't care less about the NBA. Yeah. And so, I heard like, really good things game. about the NBA playoffs this year too. And guess what? I haven't seen a single game. Cause I, I just, I really couldn't care less. Could, couldn't even tell you where to watch if I wanted to. But um, in my opinion, playoff hockey is the best thing in, in the big four. Yeah. It, they got the best trophy too. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That thing's sweet. Playoff <laughs> baseball is a close number two. Um, I know Ben, you're not a baseball fan. I don't know, don't know about the other boys, but Clay, Clayton's um, big, big Rex Sox guy. Uh, playoff baseball is just so so good. The series, like you know, the the, the chess match of pitchers, like guy, guys coming out and doing things they'd never in a million years do otherwise. Like, uh, was it Madison Bumgarner? Like ten years ago, pitched game one, game three, game five, and game seven. Sorry, yeah, being relieved in one of them in the middle, like it was disgusting. But adding adding the wild card round was awesome. Uh, playoff hockey just head and shoulders above. Still, it just is. It's it's so awesome. I'm gonna be honest. And watching th- more PGA stuff is more entertaining than watching basketball for me. Because I, I don't know what it is, but hockey. Uh, and that's the thing. I I love watching March Madness because I, I just I feel the stakes in March Madness. I don't feel the stakes in NBA when they're just letting guys through their entire defense just to dunk because ratings. I don't know. It's just I'm not a fan of NBA playoffs. I, I, I'll watch once it gets down to maybe the conference finals and uh, the actual finals. But until that point, it's just kind of like. Uh... Can you do that one more time? Do it one more time, Ben. No, no, I'm good. I I can go back and and, and pull that sound bit if you want. We just need sound bits. We're just going to get a soundboard of Ben saying dumb shit. (laughs) Oh, man. I I would rather not. (laughs) Uh, And so to to wrap up here, because we're right around the hour mark. um, And honestly, I I always do this when, when I do it on Zoom. I never really find out what time I actually hit record. So we're probably a little under an hour. Uh, maybe a little over. I don't know. I don't have a clock in front of me. Just around. Um, you know, in there in the ballpark. I know you guys are uh, MMA fans. You guys talk about UFC quite a bit when you were uh, you were taking over the show, and I'm sure that'll be touched on a little bit in your show as well. But uh, local sure. local Western New York native Buffalo boy Patchy Mix, uh, Patchy No Love Mix, I believe it is. Uh, just won the Bellador Grand Prix $100 million prize, uh, and he is going to be, I believe, uh, he's like the number three ranked Bantamweight in the world right now, and uh, I've actually, I had the pleasure once or twice of training with the guy. Uh, he's just built different, and watching him throw that knee that knocked that dude out was pretty fucking cool. 
Um, if you guys haven't caught that or haven't have you know don't know who he is, look him up. It's he's a dude. He's just been been grinding through this Grand Prix thing for Bellador and or Bellator, whatever however the hell you say it, and just been grinding on it. He one of the most beautiful knee strike KOs I've I've seen almost ever. Yeah, knees almost always are the most brutal knockouts. Like having the full power of someone's leg just deliver to your chin. Oh my god. Like that's terrible, but and there's there's more surface area on your knee than there is a fist as well, so it's also yeah, harder like, too. It's dangerous because like for like not only the the power behind it, but how close you have to be like the close quarters to get your leg up to that point to hit one. You know, you're putting, oh, yeah, it's you're putting yourself in harm's way and like this, you, you could just see it. Like if, if you don't know what's going to happen, you just see the, like the replay and you're watching it and you're like, he's setting something up here. And all of a sudden the dude kind of like hands went to the side, head went down a little bit and over his front foot, Patchy, oh. like opened up a little bit, just drove the knee up w- without seeing it and just right on the chin. And the guy went out. It was awesome. It was really cool. Yeah. And, um, I thought that happened here in Niagara Falls, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm not I'm not gonna say that out loud. I already did, but I'm not gonna <laughs> drive that home as a fact because I don't know it to be true. So um anything else? Well that's that's the, that's the fun thing to do, Jaws. You can just no, say things as facts. Bold claim, Ben. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> you're the one who just says things as if they're true no matter what. We could just stop wars with Olympics, all right? <laughs> <laughs> That was that was easily my favorite my favorite <laughs> quote meme that I put out there. That was awesome. I like oh, I, I just started pissing myself. I'm driving to practice and or I was driving to work in the morning and like, oh yeah, just, yeah, we can just stop world conflict, you know, with the Olympics. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, what? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. all right. I'm gonna throw it around the horn real quick. We're gonna start with uh, start with Nate here. Anything else for the good of the order? Anything else you want to get out real quick? No, just thanks for having us on. It's been a real, real fun time. No, I appreciate you guys uh, stepping in and helping me out. And, uh, you know, I'd like to rotate you guys through if you want, you guys want to come back on every now and again. I know you're going to be doing your own thing, but, you know, you guys are always welcome to step in and help out on hats, too. Of course. Hell yeah. Teets, how about you? Uh, yeah, just thank you for this opportunity. And um, it definitely looking forward to continuing our own podcast and love to come on again to, to talk with you on yours. Sounds good. Bold claim, Ben. Yeah, I'm not letting you go anywhere. You're still part of the hats. Yeah, yeah, of course. A big old thank you. Uh, I do have one thing sports related to say. And uh, your Buffalo Bandits are the number one seed and they are uh, playing in the playoffs next week. So let's go Banditos. Well, hopefully they actually win it this Hell year. Yeah. Instead of, you know, de- yeah, a depressing uh, loss in the finals last year. But they just they just got Buffalo. <laughs> Hey, 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 chill, hey, chill down over there. Yeah. Ouch. I'm down over there. Ouch. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining me here. And uh, to all our listeners, thanks for tuning in, guys. Hats, Stats, and Stats, part of the BICBP Radio Network. Check us out online, BICBP-radio.com. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, anywhere else you find your podcasts from. Look us up on Facebook, Hats, Stats, and Stats Podcast, or at HTS underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter. Like, follow, share, subscribe. Of course, check out uh, the boys' new show, Beers of Barbells and Bros. I hope I got that right. Yep. And I believe you can just type that into both. Uh, do you guys have a Twitter? Uh, yeah. I don't think we have a Twitter yet. Okay. Uh, we, we have Facebook. We have Facebook, Instagram, and I believe we're trying to set up a YouTube and uh, TikTok. Cool. So there you go. You can check those out on uh, check them out on there. Just type in 
Beers, Barrels, and Bros, and uh, they are also part of the BACBP Radio Network. So uh, happy to have a new show on the network, and you know you can check out the website for any and all other shows that we have in pretty much any category you can think of. Uh, so that being said, Hat Stats and Stats Championship Caliber Pro Sports Podcast based in Buffalo, New York. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll catch you next week, and as always, go Bills.